0: Hey there. This is Leave the Bottle and I'm Jim. And I'm Randy and you can find us at leavethebottlepodcast.com. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm well. I'm well. Like you've got wine cases on your right
1: <laughs> over here. Yeah, nah. well, no. No, no, right. they're actually they're just uh, they're just uh, storage actually. Uh, for some of my, for some of my computer peripherals. Uh-huh. Well,
0: I've got that. We use the wine cases uh, for that too. I've got a bunch up here.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, nothing special. Just from IKEA. I got show you.
0: You see that up there?
1: Yep. Those are yep. wine cases. Yeah, it does look like. Yeah. So you say so you're recycling essentially.
0: Yeah, well, I burned a bunch of, a huge number of them um, a couple of years ago when our heater went out.
1: Oh, wow. now that's really recycling. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, okay, <laughs> so the I set the uh, the recording to go on. So it's on now, even though I'm I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about or whatever, but maybe, uh, just received a payment. I'm looking over here at my email. I just a second received a thing saying I got repayments on 7th no may 17th oh it doesn't give the number i thought it was like a huge number of uh loan repayments but the the amount is well it's up to 54 dollars so that's two loans that i can give out
1: two new that's excellent that's excellent excellent excellent
0: i think i may have actually loans for the first time i think i invested in somebody in the united states
1: yeah, there's needy people here too. Yeah, it's neat. There's needy people. I, I got to say, I have not in the years I've been doing it. I haven't done it here in the United States for a multitude of reasons. Number one, I feel that uh, there are more opportunities here already yep. um, to ha- facilitate helping people in need. Uh, as opposed to uh, many third world countries but I also donate in other ways that that's non Kia based you know whether it's you know Red Cross or Salvation Army well I don't do Salvation Army anymore <clears throat> but other organizations so I feel like okay I, I I can do those in the own my own manner whether it's buying Girl Scout cookies hmm. or whether whatever or making donations to the Red Cross and so forth in Kiva but just to me it's uh, yeah I that, see. That, that local person Mongolia does not have the same opportunity as a person in South Philly. There
0: there's that and there's also I mean like uh Steve Factor was saying when he was uh joined us the local impact is is good and those are not necessarily just giving people money. It is one way of course, but you can also give your time. You can uh, there's there's some kind of uh you know I'm not a much in religion, but there's a I believe a Christian uh organization and it's just like a block away from here. It's a store And uh, I've brought a lot of stuff over there thinking, okay, somebody can use this if they want to buy it, you know. Sure. And and actually, when we first came here, we got an apartment, um, you know, to see if we could live here. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do that. Not everybody can. We had a plan to move here, but we, you know, my wife had this really good idea, which was, why don't we, since we had to come down here for business anyway, uh, like, say, once a month for a couple of days. So we rented a studio apartment and uh what ha- what that has to do with the topic because i there is actually a link <laughs> is that we bought at the same religious store the same what do you call those like a charity store or something anyway we yeah. bought a bunch of plates and stuff we we called it our, we called it our little student apartment uh type deal and um So we bought a bunch of plates and stuff there, and it's very reasonably priced stuff. It's just things that you, you know, like I say, we had needed coffee cups, plates, uh, silverware, and all of that was extremely reasonably priced. It didn't look that great necessarily. It was, we enjoy it. We still have it, and we still love to use it. Uh, So, you know, then when we have too much stuff, we bring it over there and give it to them.
1: We do that. My wife and I do that a lot, uh, especially with clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, But the funny thing is, is... uh, Years and years ago, it's funny. Funny, you're talking about uh, the studio apartment thing. An old girlfriend and I uh, had had this like really tiny little studio apartment. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of had to do the same thing. I mean, well for us, you know, we were young and we didn't have you know, much money or anything like that. So then after that, for years and years, I didn't do anything like that. And um, when I bought clothes, I always bought it like new in the stores. When I bought, you know, furniture or brick or brac for the house, it was always new in the stores. And then when I met uh, my now wife, uh, she was always into the thrift shops and and consignment shops and things like that. And I was just, you know what, it's terrible, but I just had a horrible attitude about the clothes part. I, I never, the the furniture part didn't really uh, bother me. Cause I had done that in the past, but there was something about, I don't want to buy clothes. Somebody else has already worn. It just kind of freaked me out. And for years I resisted it. Mm. And she would go to like thrift shops and you know for 20 bucks, she'd get, you know, like five shirts and four pairs of pants and, you know, socks and, you know, this, that, and the other thing and jackets, you know, like like this, you know, jacket I got for $2 kind of thing. And I resisted for probably the first 10 years of, uh, I would call it snobbery. I don't know. And she's like, God, you got to. She goes, you know, if you need to go to the store and buy, you know, full retail, do what you got to do. But, you know, it's amazing how much more you can get. And the impact, too, because these are often charities. Um, it's become much more commercial in the last 10 years in the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went once or twice. And I was like, I started getting into it. I like, oh. I can get because uh, I work in an office environment and I have to wear you know suit and tie and all that kind of stuff. It's like oh, instead of spending thirty, forty, fifty dollars each shirt, you know, I got to have you know seven or eight different shirts. I can go in and get them for four ninety nine, three ninety nine. I could get a full week's worth of work shirts for less than the cost of one. Right. And where I was buying it was like Salvation Army, Goodwill uh, is you know mainly where we we were getting our stuff. That goes to charities, and whether you like some of those charities or not, to me is not the, really the issue. If you don't want it, don't do it, you know. But to me, I felt good about that. Plus, you know, it was the whole recycling thing, um, and so yes, yeah, she converted me. So now it's very, very, very rare that I go to a store and buy something new. It's it's. Other than food and maybe a few other items, it's very rare. Plus, we have a one-in, one-out philosophy. If we bring something into the house—not food stuff, but anything else—something goes. So, like you know, if we if we buy you know items for the house, something goes. It's just a, to me, it's a good philosophy to get into to prevent uh, over-accumulation. But uh, yeah, I got to thank my wife for that. Um, the only thing. I, now they have – I don't know if they have it over in France, but that's become commercialized. There's this big chain now called Savers, uh-huh. and and you can donate to there. And and I guess there is some uh, charity that's involved in it, but it's really uh, – it's it's a big conglomeration now. You know, I, I'm ambivalent on that. I mean it's much, much bigger than, say, your Goodwill or your Salvation Army kind of place. It's like a regular store, like a big mm-hmm. department store almost – but I, I can appreciate if I had three little kids and I got to clothe them, schools coming up and I have to clothe them, you know, to go there, even if they aren't really a charitable organization, at least it's still recycling. So so,
0: so we're, you're talking used, everything, like clothes yes. and other stuff. Yes. It's all yep. used and it's yes. at a reasonable price. Because um, used bookstores have been around for years, of course. And if you like books, physical books – um, uh, you go to the used bookstore and there's a chain, I think it's a chain, called Half Price Books in the States. Maybe it's only yes. in the West Coast, I don't know. Yep. Um, and, uh, of course, I was in there. We used to always go in there before there were uh, e-books um, in our trips to the States. And uh, there are many all over the world, by the way. There's there's several in Paris that have English books, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, the, um, the French bookstores also have French books, of course, for uh, used books. But anyway, the... Uh, I was in a half price books uh, store once, and I was standing near the register, and a woman came in and was trying to because you can sell them books too, obviously. Sure. And um, the woman came in and was uh, trying to sell them a book, and the fellow at the register she said, uh, um, "Well, this book cost you know this is this cost me ten dollars." They were offering like two fifty. He said, "This cost me ten dollars." He said, "Yeah, but we have to sell it for five." Right and you know so I know unrealistic. I think a lot of people bring books into these places with very unrealistic expectations. Uh, If it's a half price bookstore, you pay ten; they sell it for five, whatever condition it's in. And I mean, you know, then they've got to make their whatever it is.
1: And, I uh, think that's the deal you make. He was the expecting seven fifty,
0: you know. What
1: I mean? <laughs> well, they yeah. have they have their oh. overhead. Too. They have their <laughs> overhead too. They have salaries they have to pay. They have rental space to pay for, which is exorbitant most of the time these right, days. Right, right. And, and it, you see a lot of these bookstores at this point are have gone belly up because that the, I would imagine that the profit margins on those are razor thin. Well
0: For I the, think I have the impression that book, used bookstores probably are doing better than uh than new bookstores because they all they have to do is remember that they can go out I don't know about the chains but an individually owned one will often go to state sales or they have people come into them because they offer they say that they're uh that they're, they will accept books. And, of course, people come in with these silly expectations, but the point is um, they're, they're then faced to make a decision, and usually, I, I guess, if they've got, like, a ton of books, the decision is, ah, the heck with it. Go ahead and take it all. and you know. Uh, but th- that's a long story that probably we don't need to get into, but I have a friend who actually has his entire house, his three-bedroom house, he lives alone in it, but it's full of books. Full of books. I mean, you cannot walk in it. It's full of books. So he uh, um, yeah. he rents space. So I know a little bit more about the book thing than uh, than I would otherwise. And I know that there are people who go around and, and make deals and so on. But the point is, it's great recycling because a book of all things, you know, a tree gave its life for the book. Uh, the book is taking up space, and unless somebody's reading it, it's absolutely useless, right? In fact, it costs money to store.
1: So well, the, whole recyc- the whole recycling thing, I mean, it's so much more um, involved these days than, uh, say, just books or music or even just clothes. I mean, furniture Everything. at this point. I mean, furniture, uh, last week my wife and I uh, bought – we have the worst luck – with couches spinal tap spinal tap lost drummer after drummer (laughs) we lose couch after couch we have made the world's worst decisions on our couch buying over the years we've been together now uh, 22 years i think and we've had at last count seven couches my mother-in-law they still have their couch from literally from the late 60s early 70s my it's my favorite couch of all time. Is it there a just-
0: plastic cover on it, though? That no, you take
1: no, off when no, you- <laughs> no. No, I mean, the an- animals aren't allowed on it. But other than that, no. And, and uh, it's comfortable and it's great. And all- but uh, my wife and I have just made terrible decision after terrible decisions with couches. No, wait, 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 wait. Cheap- Why
0: does your – what what happens to your couches? Is it animal-related or is it just – they
1: just – No, you know- it's, we, we've made terrible buying decisions on them. And, and we've bought them new and – and, and uh, spent a lot of money on them over the years. I and mean, Most of them were not these cheap little uh, couches. Uh, some of them were st- way too big for our space, mm-hmm. or they just they didn't end up – they were comfortable when we went into the showroom, but when we got them home after a couple of days, we were just like, oh, boy. And we paid for it now, and now we have to suffer through it. And then after two or three years, we look at each other, we're like, we don't feel like suffering anymore. So this is what we were at with this, is our last couch here we've had, it. we actually kept it for about six years, which was a long time for us. And I just, I couldn't take it any longer. It was killing my back, killing my hip, this, that, and the other thing. So uh, we go out and we buy a new couch and a new love seat and we're having it delivered a few days later and we're all excited because maybe this will be the one <laughs> after all these years, this will years. Oh my gosh. So, Funny story, the uh, the delivery people come, this big, huge guy, he comes in, he opens the truck and he's got his helper. He's lugging a 67-inch love seat over his shoulder down our driveway to our house, one arm. Then he takes a 92-inch sofa, puts it over his shoulder off the back of the truck and walks it about 100 feet down our driveway to the front of the house before they brought it. I was impressed. So- Long story short, they get it. Uh, they get the furniture in, and everything's great. Meanwhile, the night before, my wife and I had to get our old love seat and couch out of the way. we were like struggling like two fools. We could like barely lift them. <laughs> and they were about the same weight as this guy who the next day is one handing it. So we put them on our back deck and. My sister-in-law had already agreed to take the love seat because she's going to be moving uh, shortly. So that's great. That's one piece of furniture down. What we've done in the past is we've put out on the road in front of us other furniture. A couple of times we put free signs on. Other times we just put it out there and people know. They just know. If you have a piece of furniture facing out to the road at the end of the road, right. that means just take it. So we were getting ready to do that with a uh, the, the, the sofa. And we are kind of struggling, trying to get it off our back deck to start to make the long trek up the road. And a neighbor sees it, and she's like, what are you doing with that? I said, well, we're going to put it out on the street, and whoever wants it can just take it. And she's like, I could really use it. She's got kids and, mm-hmm. and family members living there, and I guess they've just kind of beat up on their furniture over the years. And she, And she was tickled. She was absolutely thrilled. So I was like, okay, and she's like, you know what? If you can get it off your deck onto the ground, we'll take it from there. And I said, okay, that's great. That's great. But it, it's that's really cool. It's like you know, that's the whole kind of recycling that I really like. It's like instead of just throwing it away, instead of just because a lot of times, you know, it could you be a chair that could be partially broken, but somebody else can fix it, you know, and 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 get use out of it, and that's what I like to see. Other than people just throwing stuff into the garbage and just saying, oh well.
0: Yeah, I mean, we anything that I think might be usable, I will put you either kind of next to a dumpster. I know I kind of hate when people do that in, in one sense, but I, I do it in a place where it's not going to bother anybody. We right. had like a foot bath, for example. It's not really something – I was pretty sure that the thrift store – uh, I was talking about, I don't think that they have any, there would be any market for it. And I'd be, I was afraid I was going to get a refusal. <laughs> so, you know, you want to walk in with something free and they go, no, nah, we'll pass. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's, that would embarrass me for the rest of the day. But, uh, so I set it with, um, there was some other stuff. I just put it in a bag because it's very sad to say, but there are a lot of people that are not just dumpster diving, but they they do the whole number. You know, they're looking through all the tra- everybody's trash. So, yes. it's a lot yes. of, uh, you know, it. Certain things I will put outside, like you like you're saying, um, furniture. We do have an organization. It's again, it Catholic thing or something, but they will come and pick up most things that are heavy. Um, we have an extra. You know, apartment, bicycle, whatever those things are called, for example. One of these days, I really hate to lose it because I love that kind of stuff, but we don't have the room for it, and I have a rowing machine now. So, um, we probably need to call them for that. But anyway, um, there are solutions for all that. The thing that makes me a little bit sad these days is electronics, because... You remember, you're old enough, I think, to remember that there was a television repair guy in the oh, neighborhood, gosh. right? Oh, gosh. Oh, absolutely, yes. Well, is there one now? I don't think so. I mean, it's pretty rare. Uh, we,
1: we actually had one until recently. Because uh, there ain't nothing two, to repair anymore. Yeah, two or three miles away, and I noticed, it's funny you mention it, because I noticed, and he's been around since then the 30-odd years I've lived mm-hmm. in this area, and I noticed a couple of weeks ago going by, not there anymore. Well, there's almost nothing to repair in a TV set anymore. Yeah. Uh, My, the- My stepbrother actually does it in another part of Connecticut, uh-huh. but it, but he he does more high end stuff. Like if you had like a, a huge stereo system, a huge TV yeah. system, not your three hundred dollar TV, but your you know five thousand dollar TV. So I mean, you know, the,
0: the a lot of the stuff we. Use, by the way, there's a there is a recycling tax in this country. Uh, I don't know if you have any of the equivalent there and it's tiny it's a couple of cents i think but when you, if you buy anything electronic like uh, you know you buy a router or right. whatever or an iPod even i think i'm pretty sure it's on everything electronic there are and it's very small it's just a few cents always as far as i've ever seen Do you pay it when you buy it? When you buy it, it's, well, the company that you're buying it from will say there's an ecological tax of three cents, you know, you look at it and go, yeah, okay, big deal. But the point is, it is, it does exist. And that's interesting because the fact is, um, and there's all, there are also laws. and, And I think in the States, you know, depending on what state you're in, there are either laws or just conventional behavior that a store, a big appliance store will take that stuff and deal with it. You know, I'm sure that drug stores everywhere in the world, when you have a prescription drug that you're done with and you say you have a bunch left over, I think almost everywhere in the world, the drug store will take that drug back and they're supposed to destroy it. Is that not the case in the US, to your knowledge? I you don't throw that in the garbage.
1: I can't. I can't speak to that. I, to so? be honest, like, well, I don't know. i no. maybe they do. I mean, I don't. I mean, I look in my cabinet, and I probably still have prescriptions from seven or eight years ago in there. I mean, stuff that's just, gone
0: bad. It's not even good. Well, they're anymore.
1: supposed to. Well, they're supposed to destroy it. But I mean, I don't know that it's on the individual consumer. I don't know mm. if they can walk into CVS and say, "Hey, I've got this." You know, that's interesting. I've got right? this old stuff that's you know. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna look ask into that. Ask them.
0: Okay, next time yeah. you're on CVS, ask them if uh, that or. You know, maybe look it up. I'd be very interested to know. Because, hmm. anyway, the point is, um, we we are in every country, every first world country, we're horribly wasteful, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, somebody posted something somewhere, meeting on social media, about the fact that we... You know, dinosaurs died. We went and got the oil. We turned it into plastic. We molded it. Did you see that thing? And then, you I've know... variations of that. You know yes. what I'm talking about. Oh, well, yeah. So, you know, they go through this whole thing and then said... Um, and it wouldn't have been better just to have washed a spoon when you're done with it. Um, and I added as a comment, and they didn't even mention the fact that we have to fish them out of rivers, lakes, and oceans, and probably uh, forests and all that. But...
1: We really do have a problem with that. I mean, it, well, there are disposable. one of the cool things now is there are disposable utensils that are not plastic based. Uh-huh. Uh, they're a little bit more expensive, but they're usually made like out of a, a corn product
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so that they so that they'll bre- actually break down. Pio so youtable you, you, know, you mean right. So if, mm-hmm. yeah, so if you uh, if you uh, throw them into your garbage and it goes to the landfill, it's not going to be there for the next 10, 20,000 years that it'll actually break down. And uh, I've been using, uh, at times, some of those kinds of products. And they even have them for, like, disposable cups and things like that and plates. Uh, yes, it's more, but you have to make that decision for yourself. Do you want to keep contributing uh, to, the, to the pollution? To, do you want to uh, – to what somebody down the road, it's easy to say, well, you know what, a thousand years from now, well, who cares? Well, you know, I understand. That. Who knows where civilization is going to be a thousand mm-hmm. years or ten thousand years from now? It's kind of the same thing with you know the nuclear waste uh, issue. Yeah, okay, you know, it's it's going to have a you know a life of you know fifty thousand years. Well, you know, who's going to be here then? We, we don't know. But you know Maybe maybe your 20,000th down the road uh, grandchild mm-hmm. will still be around there. <laughs> you know, so who knows? I mean, if everybody, yeah. I mean. If if I'm sure in 1500s London when they had more pollution than they do now, they, I'm sure they didn't think about the people you know in 2014. It's just I think it's kind of human nature. But you know you have to do. I just believe fervently that you do have to do your part. It doesn't mean that you have to every moment of the day be thinking about recycling. But some in certain small ways. I don't know if they in France if they do this, but um, if they do donate cars like donate your donate your old car to uh, say like here they have like the kidney foundation and they have other uh, for children's organizations where you can donate your old vehicles. Mm -hmm. Uh, We donated one of our, we donated, we had a a, a 1990 Nissan Sentra and uh, we ran it pretty almost into the ground. I mean, we were living in Florida after a while and it had no AC. So -hmm. the car had no AC in Florida. It it, it had to go and it had a black, black vinyl interior where I used to get in sometimes after work and I literally had to put uh, gloves on my hands or grab a towel to grab the steering wheel because it was so (laughs) so hot and it was like burning your legs and all that stuff. Well, we ended up it was like, okay, we could get maybe 500 bucks for the car. If that, and it's not that we couldn't have used it. I mean, we weren't rolling in money or anything like that. But I saw a billboard one day for donating your car to the Kidney Foundation. And I was like, you know what? And you can do a tax deductible on it. And and then that's fine, too. But I was like, you know what? That's kind of a really cool idea. Instead of just putting an ad in the newspaper, this was before Craigslist and all of that stuff. So why not just do that instead? Then they, from there, they, my guess is probably they cannibalized it because the parts individually were probably worth much, much, much more than the car itself. But um, that's just another way of, of recycling and thinking about doing things kind of in a different way. Like Kiva, like we've talked about with Mm -hmm. Kiva or like, or like Goodwill or Salvation Army or something. You know, if you have an old junker car. You know, do you really need that couple hundred bucks? If you do, hey, you know what? Then do what you need to do. You got to survive and pay your bills. If you really need that couple hundred bucks, sell it, you know, guilt-free. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. But if not, why not donate it to one of these uh, organizations so that they there from there, they can take that money that they're going to make off of it and put it to good use. You know, it's I like it. I think it's a it's another creative outlet for helping people.
0: That seems like a great plan. Yeah. It's just that, you know, for me, I hate inefficiency. So, you know, we had a toaster, for example, that uh, something went wrong with it. I will take it apart, and I'll spend hours fixing something that probably costs 15 bucks or 25 bucks, just because it isn't the money at all. You know, I may even have a compelling uh, desire to get a better toaster. You know what I mean? It's, it's so that most people, you, you know, with your phone... If your phone doesn't die, but you have this envy to have this, you really want this new phone, uh, this was not that. This is, yeah, we had a crappy toaster, it died, and you know it wasn't to avoid, but it drives me crazy. You take this stuff apart, because I've always, you know, since I was like 12, I love to take stuff apart, uh, which is a quality that I share with the Dalai Lama, by the way. If you read his uh, autobiography, he loved to take cars apart, apparently, yes. which is really funny. Yep. Uh, anyway, I just hate the inefficiency and the waste. And, and I hate like throwing a toaster, you know, the toaster doesn't work. You know, in this day and age, nobody's going to fix it. If somebody would fix it, I don't mean for me, but just, you can't take a non-working toaster to these thrift stores. They don't want it. Right. Well, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's kind of like what you were a couple minutes ago talking about, uh, with the television repair guy. And frankly, at this point, um, it's like the VCRs. It's like Blu-ray players and you know DVD players. Unless you know exactly what you're doing, which is ninety-nine percent of us don't know what we're doing. If it doesn't work or if it's glitching all the time, it's it's inefficient money wise to try to send it out to be repaired. Number one, good luck finding somebody. Yeah. Uh and number two, money wise, when I can go to Walmart or Target or something like that and buy another dvd player for on sale for 29 bucks or 39 (laughs) bucks yeah you know it sounds terrible but uh couple i'm guilty of some of what you were just saying there it's like we had a microwave and it, we had gotten it as a gift a few years ago and the door kind of broke a little bit mm-hmm. on it and it still worked, but it wasn't working all that great. You'd have to do it for extra time. Not a good enough reason probably to go out and get a new one. But you know what we did a couple of months ago. I was like, OK, I'm having to do everything an extra couple of minutes, you know, and I did feel guilty when I brought the new microwave home and put it in their place and took the other one out. And I'm just like the other one still worked. And that's in shame. Well, did on you, me. What did you do with the other one? Threw it away. Oh yeah, guilty. I know. Guilty. I know. Shame on me. I'm I'm slapping my hammer. hand figuratively, Reading. I know. The
0: hammer?
1: I know. I know. You know what? I took it out and I and I and I threw it and I went against my principles. You didn't even stuff. put it on the street someplace. You go to a pool no, because it, it had a crack. It had a crack door and it was. It was ah, okay. But you know, well, you know what it though? The, you know
0: what though? The gym. The cracked door on a microwave. You have to be careful. Microwaves, when they leak, they're dangerous. Yes, I mean you may or may not want to have kids in the future. But
1: <laughs> no, I am my only child. <laughs> you know what I'm saying,
0: but no. But yeah. um, uh, all kidding aside, uh, actually, that's that's one example that probably we could probably find some rationalization for, if you want, because a microwave's first of all they're not easily repairable, and if they start to leak for any reason, and I don't know that we know whether they're leaking or not. I mean, I have a cheap microwave. We use it once in a while, and um, I hope it's not leaking. But I haven't never checked. I don't know any way to check. Right. Uh, but anyway, that stuff can be dangerous. And if it had a cracked door or a broken door, it may not have been good to put that back in the economy anyway. So you can feel you can feel relieved now. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: I'll find that I can find plenty of other reasons to feel guilty about things. It's. I've always been fascinated by people like my uh, wonderful late father-in-law, who would. Could, could take things and tinker and tinker and tinker, not always with success, That's but sometimes, me. yes. And I've never been – I have been all thumbs from the beginning of time. I just – I've always wanted to be that person, and I just I, – I have other abilities that suit me just fine and that I'm v- pretty good at. That's just not one of them. And like our town, um, we have our, our local dump and we, it's a small area here. This, our town is like 5,000 people and the connecting town that shares the dump is like four or 5,000 people. So it's everybody knows it, everybody. And they have an area where you could put stuff. If you don't want to throw stuff away, it's like a kind of a little collection area. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, like if you go on Saturdays, like if I went today, we're recording this on Saturday morning. If I went today, there right now there'd be probably the same 20 people hanging out, having coffee, you know, talking and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like a little gathering place. Mm-hmm. But they also go through all this little area of, of people putting out whether it's kids' toys and kids' furniture, TVs, the ele- different electronics uh furniture of various kinds and they'll go through and they'll go through and 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 they'll pick up stuff and and take it and i've always been like i wish i was one of those people that was good at doing stuff my father-in-law he was he would go there and he'd bring stuff home probably not always to the uh happiness of my mother-in-law <laughs> oh my god jimmy what did you bring into the house now um but you know and he would tinker out in his garage with it and and a lot of times it would be stuff that, you know, for years afterwards, whether it was pieces of furniture or some bizarre little thing that he found. Cause he was like this, he was like this little George Carlin character. And, uh, it's like, it's more than just one person's garbage is another person's treasure. It's taking that thing that might have been in somebody's family for, you know, 20, 30 years and reconverting it, reinventing it, so to speak, and giving it new life. I and, mean, I think that's really a really cool thing. I wish there was much more of that because I'm sure in the big cities that does not happen at all because you put your garbage out, you put stuff out, you know, and it's gone. And Well, you
0: know. except that if you, first of all, um, around here, there are a lot of people going through garbage. And as long as they put it back and you know, spread it like dogs on the street – that's fine. I I feel bad, but you know, maybe they find stuff apparently. I don't know if they're mostly looking for food or or articles or both. Right. And so I don't know if the stuff disappears or what. I when we moved from um from the big city, I had a whole bunch of really expensive at the time um musical equipment that I absolutely had no desire for. Um it was MIDI stuff like synthesizers and stuff like that. And I looked into advertising and you know, giving it away. Uh, I've I've dealt with Craigslist. You know, Craigslist is worldwide. So I was
1: going. I was just going to ask you, if, yeah, yeah how, how involved? I mean, I know it's worldwide, but how involved it really is over there? But Do there's a,
0: but there's a culture that um, I so I met somebody on Craigslist and um, done a couple of things on Craigslist. I kind of gave it up a little bit, like eBay. Yes. And the reason is for, there are actually different reasons, but but the Craigslist thing is. Craigslist is really filled with a lot of people. I mean, once you remove, you know, prostitution and massages and stuff and astrologers and whatever else there is on the periphery, uh, it's really filled with a lot of people who just, you know, have a, um, what's the expression? Um, a handful of gimme and a mouthful of much obliged or something like that. I mean, these are people who are looking for something for nothing, which, by right. the way, is fine with me in a certain way because you want if you've got something, you want to get rid of it, and you don't want to sell it, then that's exactly what that is. I want to give it to somebody. But I want to give it to somebody who needs it, not somebody who makes a total you know, lifestyle
1: of just going to get free stuff. Or they're turning around and putting it on eBay. Well, that's what I'm
0: thinking, yeah, much. yeah, exactly.
1: It's it's, it's actually a kind of a big side business now where people exactly. will come in, they'll rook you down, and they'll try to you know get you down yeah. Either nothing or almost nothing, and then they'll turn around and profit from it on eBay or turn around and profit from it on Craigslist.
0: I'm thinking, yeah, that there's the, you know, so, in fact, this gives me a little anecdote. Uh, You might be interested in this, so I'll take a chance, but it's it's a little off topic. Uh, But somebody I met through the Craigslist thing um, and gave them a very expensive item but a very specialty item that I didn't need and didn't want, so fine, hey. Glad, to, glad you could take advantage of it. But um, this was for a guy, and um, there were two Americans, and the woman was a graphic designer. And here's where this gets interesting to me. This is about barter and so on, okay? So it's related. So um, we hired her a couple of times to do things like um, um, motif for slide presentations, for example stuff like that. I mean that's what she does and hey, well let's hire you for that. Here's the anecdote though. So she wrote me emailed me and wanted to know something about DNS, something to do with setting up her server. So I answered her first question, she wrote me back with a couple other questions, answered those, she wrote me back again and I said, "Look, Karen, here's what we should do. You know, why don't you why don't we trade uh, an hour or a half hour of your time for a half hour of mine or whatever. And um, because it was getting to the point where, you know, I actually know a lot about what she wanted to do. And just like she's a good designer, it was nothing for me, you know, except that each time it took time to answer the emails and so on. she said, no, I'll just uh, keep, you know, messing around. It was like, well, stop effing writing me then, with no. <laughs> my <laughs> take on it. I actually wrote a little blog post called, Karen, you're a cheapskate. <laughs> which uh, was on a posterist, which doesn't exist anymore. I'll have to repost that, uh, maybe on the Plus or something soon, or Medium. Um, but anyway, th- that irritated the crap out of me, because... It's a very simple proposition. I mean, none of the the meme, the, the, um, the common thing is, you know, if you know a doctor or lawyer, you meet them at a party and they go, well, hey, you know, doctor, I've had this pain in my shoulder. You don't do that, okay? Right, but on, right. But in the case of, of the way the internet works, you certainly could meet somebody and say, hey, well, listen, though, why don't we trade time, you know, not a doctor, I guess, because that's a little complex, but... Somebody where there's no oath you have to say. You know what I mean? It's like, you do this, I do that. Um, let me help you. My, by the way, my offer wasn't to answer her questions. My offer was, hey, let's trade the time. I'll just go do this for you in your DNS. It's not a problem. It take me like ten minutes. Well, I don't think I said that because then I'd have only ten minutes of her time. But anyway, exactly. The point is. Um, the answer that irritated me uh, profoundly was that she said, "Well, never mind." I'll, after bothering me, you know, right. through several uh, iterations right. of an email, it was like, "Yeah, well," because the bottom line of that is, "Yeah, well, your time isn't worth shit." That's you know,
1: basically you know what. I mean? what that means, and
0: I mean, not. my time was worth a lot more than hers in the in the sense that. I was more of an expert on what she wanted to do than the 29 million graphic designers that you could find online at any given time.
1: Anyway. I'm a huge believer in a barter system. I think that there's – but it's got to be a fair exchange. Yeah. And that's the problem sometimes is getting to that fair exchange. I think it's a a wonderful concept. If you have something I want or need and I have something you want or need – And it's, it's, it may not always be apples to apples. Sometimes it might be apples to pears, but close enough that we can both agree and say, okay, you know, that's fine. You know, it it works for both of us. We're both getting something out of it. I think that that, I think it's very underutilized quite often. Um, and, and I think that in the scope of life that you can fit that into an, an area that, uh, you can do where sometimes it is about recycling or sometimes it's just about making a buck because you gotta, you know, you gotta put food on the table. But there are times when instead of a cash transaction, something like that, I think that we could use more of that. And it's funny that you brought that whole subject up because my wife is finishing up um, massage therapy school. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be finished this summer. And so now she's had now she's in a phase of it where they're teaching her business classes for, you know, for being a sole practitioner afterwards and so forth. Uh-huh. So we were last night uh, talking cause she was all excited. She's starting your business class and that kind of came up in it as far as that you can do some reciprocal services sometimes. And you might be able to, whether it's for uh, for different products for the practice or maybe uh, for her services for uh, furniture or, or different areas and that, that's one of those businesses. The, mm-hmm. the more the holistic businesses are areas where it's more conducive to bartering, where it's more accepted, where people you know aren't feeling so funny about exchanging services that way without cash. And I'm actually I've been um, toying with uh, starting a small side business of my own for uh, helping people with cutting the cord for cable Mm -hmm. and I have uh, friends uh, who a couple of them who have counseled so far and most of them are like, well, why aren't you just doing this like as a whole side business? And I'm actually kind of formulating that now and I may, uh, but some of it I may just do us also on a barter basis. Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of good things that can come out of it, but you can also have your frustrating times, but it's the same thing like with Craigslist and while we both have our, Feelings about eBay. Neither one of us <laughs> likes eBay at all. But Craigslist started off really cool and I really enjoyed it early on. And like one time I was looking for new stereo speakers and somebody up in uh, Amherst, Massachusetts, outside of UMass, had a set. And also, and, and so I drove like an hour and a half on a Saturday. I didn't have anything better to do. Groovy people, really sweet, really groovy people. They played the sounds for me. It was great. It was wonderful. That was in my mm-hmm. price range. I was able to barely fit them in my little car, but I got them in and, you know, so, and, and I hung out at their house for like an hour shooting a breeze with them. It was a really enjoyable time. And I've had other experiences like that, but I have found that Craigslist, well, number one, it, it can be a little dangerous. I mean, there's been more than a few instances of, of danger out there, including yeah. somebody who, who was actually murdered in our town because they were showing their car to somebody wow. and Yeah, so one of the reasons I don't
0: like to deal with advertising of any kind, by the way, and where it's it's I'd rather take it to a store. Now, maybe I guess there would be laws against barter stores, right? Where you come into the store and you go, okay, here's I've got this set of dishes, and I would like this, you know,
1: blouse or something. Well, I, guess who, I have no idea what the tax. I don't know what the yeah. tax. No, that would uh, be well. There's a there's a movie implications called Complications. Would be.
0: Isn't there a movie? Uh, I you must have seen like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? Wasn't one of those movies where the, my favorite all time movie.
1: What's that? It's so fun. It's funny you just mentioned that it because it's my favorite all time. movie.
0: Well, you then isn't that in that movie where um, he's faced with a tax bill because the guy. He the, he was had been bartering for a year, and the the inspect tax inspector come. Anyway, yeah. So that's probably why there are no stores. But what I was going to say is that if you're close enough to farms, for example, for what you're talking about, and the right. farms are able if they want to cut the cable, and you're able to f- furnish a solution to that if they've got internet uh, access or whatever, and then right. um, you know, so you set your you set your price in eggs or something. Well, I, do you eat eggs? Maybe not. Sediment, no. whatever, wheat, I don't know, <laughs> corn, whatever it
1: is you – You know, I mean, it, farm, it depends so on the farmer. Chinoa and all. Yeah, you know, quinoa. But, but the, the, you know, like the last couple of transactions I had on Craigslist did not end well. Um, one was a snowblower. The guy started it up, and it seemed like it would work and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know how you rigged it to work the time – I was at his house. I paid him 150 bucks, lugged it onto a, a truck that I borrowed and mm-hmm. got it off. And like a m- month later, winter starts up, I gas it up again, blah 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 blah. Never worked. Wow. I don't know what he did, but it didn't work. But somebody can fix f- that, I would think. Yeah, yeah, but doing. yeah. Um and I have I, I bought a GPS a couple of years ago from my mother-in-law, and it worked just fine. So there's been good times too, but it, I don't know. I, I find it to be a very, uh, it's uneven risky. and dangerous. Yeah, no, no, it, it really is. Especially, you know, if you're out in the country or something like that, I suppose it's one thing, but if you got, I've gone into a couple of places like in the city, where as it turned out, I didn't know the address ahead of time, and I went in. I was like, uh, "Not the yeah. best of situations." <laughs> like, am I, am I going to get, especially with stuff I was buying for like a hundred bucks or hundred fifty bucks? Uh-huh. Am I going to get rolled? Yeah, yeah. Am exactly. I walking into a trap? Because that happens. Exactly. But I still retain my faith in general and humanity that I'm gonna, you know, not gonna get completely schnuckered. But uh, it's so funny that, like, now going back to the beginning of the conversation here, that. If I go into a regular store now, and I don't mean a grocery store, but I mean just a regular store now, mm-hmm. I almost feel odd at this point. It's it, I almost feel weird buying something that I know that I can get for much cheaper uh, in another store, whether it's you know whether it's a, a secondhand store, used store, um, consignment shop, or things like that. There's that pang of wow, I really don't need to buy that thing brand new. Well, yeah, but it's not just
0: that it's cheaper. It's also that it has already served. You know, the microphone that you're currently using that I can see on my screen um, is similar to a microphone that I bought. I was walking by a pawn shop. It was in the States, in California, and I saw it. And I went to the shop. I said, how do I know this thing works? Because obviously it's a USB mic. They couldn't, you know, be hard to go through and test it and all that it was it was, it was probably ha- about half price of the and um, so I he said that they would take it back if it didn't work so I think I must have tested it but you know it wasn't a huge sum of money it was maybe 50 bucks so I took the chance. Um, in fact, the microphone that I'm talking about, talking on right now, which is a Sennheiser, very, very good Sennheiser microphone, I also think I bought this in a pawn shop. Pawn shops, ironically, with the inglorious uh, connotations that they have of pe- desperate people, you know, and stolen mm-hmm. stuff, <laughs> one or the other. Um, but the fact is that, um, you know, I was just looking over, I've got this big mixer. I didn't buy it in a pawn shop, but if I didn't. Uh, if I didn't have one, this is a place where you could look for the stuff, uh, although maybe also in um, just in a legitimate or normal music store as well. But the point is the stuff has already been uh, been used by somebody, and then they needed something else. Um, that supports a certain local economy. I don't know how, how ethical the local economy is because, like I said, uh, I had a guitar stolen from me once and the guy who made it, it, was a custom-made guitar, and the guy who made it, a friend of mine, called me up years later and said, hey, I got great news for you. I got, fought, bought your guitar in a pawn shop. Because, <laughs> you know, way too late to do anything about the fact that it was uh-huh. stolen. Um, and I didn't necessarily even want the guitar back, but it was an interesting thing that happened. and he paid <laughs> That is interesting.
1: Extra- well, you know... Uh- I like toys, you know, when it comes to electronics, I like toys and I admit it, but I try to do as much as possible. Like people who buy any kind of cords in, um, it's okay. It's just life. Not yeah, people. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that, that would be Juno. Uh, people who buy cords, like at Best Buy and things like that, stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, you can go to Monoprice or Amazon and get for you know a fraction. You can and, also make your own. Uh, depending on what you're talking about,
0: uh, and I don't mean with soldering and all that, but there are often cords um, like guitar cords. You can buy the connectors, and they have a, a quick fix connectors that um can be attached so you don't have to you don't necessarily have to go out and buy cables it's okay we're good i was Um, saying that you can buy quick connector cords um depending on what you're trying to do or you can learn to solder i mean i've soldered since i was 12 as i said so i've been one of those people who can do that right um but
1: but yeah, yeah. There's somebody posted somebody posted last week online. It was a um, they took a, a picture at Best Buy. It was monster cable. Yeah, I
0: knew you were going to say monster cable.
1: Everybody and knows a,
0: that they have like but, fifty dollar cables that are worth five, right?
1: These cables were a hundred ninety four dollars. The picture was a hundred ninety four dollars wow. for what? Do you like, remember HDMI? Oh, you know, they were HDMI. Yeah, and they were you know the deluxe super deluxe right, version. Right. Blah 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 blah. Much blah, better okay, color. Right. Much better. Yeah, car. yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh my God, for under 10 bucks, even if it was like a 25 foot strand, you know, you could for under 10 bucks easily get the exact same thing for $194. It is such a ripoff. Um, well, but on the other hand, just, if you need it, I mean, the,
0: I guess the main complaint there would be that these things aren't made in the States because at that level, at that pricing level, they could be making them in Michigan or someplace. Um, yeah. whereas in fact they're cheap imports from from asia generally and um we get into the whole thing about how people are paid in asia and that they're that that's 10 times sure. more than they would make normally and blah 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 but the, the fact is one great thing that we could do would be to be able to make more stuff locally um right. i know in the united states you have a huge problem with that but i can tell you right now we were looking for a small what we call a wine fridge it's a place that you put your wine that's not a real refrigerator. It just keeps things at a temperature of about uh, 20 degrees, uh, 18 degrees centigrade, for example. And so these units, it's, it's, it's a sort of refrigerator. So you picture it's a cabinet uh, with, um, you know, a cooling unit. And there isn't a single one that's made anywhere in Europe. They're all in Asia. They all come from Asia. Not a, right. not a single exception. Uh, So that's unfortunate because, yeah, I get that they can't make it cheap enough here for for many reasons, and those reasons are no more glorious than the reasons, than the way people are paid in the Asian countries. And, you know, yes, there is a chain of profits, so there are people who make, there is import taxes, there are people, the transporters make money. I mean, yeah, there's a whole schematic of how this works, but it just seems like, and I underline seems, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not an economist, but it seems like if we could make stuff in our own countries, especially really basic stuff, you know, okay, if it's going to be something that's used in um, brain surgery and only it's only made in Italy, fine. But, you know, and, and, and hey, that's great if people are rich and they want Italian shoes. There are many fine things that are made, or or French wine, or whatever, but... but To systematically outsource this stuff to countries because it's cheaper, I don't think I'm the only person on the planet that thinks that's a shame for our local economies.
1: I agree. But what happens is it becomes, which is really kind of the theme of this entire show today, is it, it has created a disposable society. In a very short amount of time, I mean, it's almost frightening how quickly we've become a completely throwaway, disposable yep. society. And I don't mean just in consumer electronics, but I mean in in the ways we do things in life. When I was a kid, let's be honest. When I was a kid in the you know in the '60s and the, and the early '70s, we didn't go out to eat very much, very rarely. I mean, you know, we ate at home. You you ate your meals at home, and you ate them on sil- on with silverware and with China, with dishes, with glasses, mm-hmm. not cups, not throwaway cups or anything like that. Um, cars lasted a long time. Your furniture, like my mother-in-law that I said earlier, lasted. You passed it down. Well, that couch came from my grandmother or it came from my mother or you know, my father gave me these tools or this workbench came from him. And it was a source of pride. It was a source. It wasn't like a hand-me-down. Mm-hmm. It was because they were made better, and they were made, and I'm not being jingoistic here, but they were made frequently in American factories mm-hmm. that were built to last a long time. It wasn't there was no stigma attached to getting things from from family members or so forth. And consequently, you had you had really high quality things that lasted for many, many years. Curtains. I can't tell you how in the last 22 years, how many different curtains and blinds my wife and I have had. It's more than couches even. I mean, if you want to talk about <laughs> spinal, spinal tab and drummers, it's like us with the curtains and blinds. And And I can guarantee that with your parents and my parents, it wasn't like that. Number one, things were made better. And number two, there was a value in hanging on to things and not just saying you know what tired of it Uh, you know what I don't really don't care for it anymore so I'm just going to throw it away and now things have become so cheap like that DVD player that we and there's no and also they don't have any real character
0: but you know the electronics doesn't necessarily have any character either no Uh, so I mean unless it's some specific thing. Generally, it's replaced by some other unit that has the new, latest, you know, Bluetooth dangle dongle or something. Uh, it's funny you mentioned about the parents' hand-me-downs hand so, because our two main sets of dishes, both of them, uh, were my mother's before, and That's my awesome. my That's wife. <laughs> if I, I put up a real. Uh, a real stink about this, too. But I'm really thrilled that we did now because, you know, we live uh, thousands of miles away. So when my mother passed away, um, my stepbrother said, do you, do you guys want these dishes? And I mean, we had to send them. We sent them U.S. Postal Service to Europe. It was the cheapest, most effective way. And I was in it. Let me give a plug here. I was in the UPS store because I've been had a mailbox there for years, and I know the guy who owns the store. So I said, what do you think is the best? And he, he looked at, he says, okay, here's the weight, blah, 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 volume. The U.S. Postal Service is the way to go. It's cheaper and it'll get there. Plus, by the way, UPS and FedEx do not send since September 11th, 2001. They will not send personal items. They don't. Okay. Huh. Because okay. of uh, yada yada, you can understand. I mean, it's post nine eleven world we live in sucks, okay? <sighs> it really does, but anyway, really so you does. can't, um, Day one. they're they're uh okay. expensive anyway. So the point is, the post office said, So I said, Well, you think it's gonna co- arrive safely? And these are dishes, after all, right? Like porcelain and stuff, and um, they so we paid them, um, actually a fairly considerable amount of money to uh. To, to wrap them in bubble wrap and everything, but they did it. They did a good job, and, you know, there wasn't a single article broken. So um, we've got the two sets, and one of the sets is hand-painted china that uh, my mother bought, I don't know when, and it's it's actually their collector's items. Speaking of eBay, you could go on eBay and sell these these things for a fortune, except that my mother, when she was alive, said, yeah, you could sell these in auction. But um, people generally only want one item to complete their collection. That says right. a lot too, by the way. It's interesting. It really does. But we well, brought these things yeah. over, and I I made a big deal about it. But I'm thrilled that she persisted and per, and uh, pursued it.
1: it was, it's funny this this entire conversation because it's like hearkening back, and we didn't we did not go over this beforehand at no. all. But uh, a couple a couple nights ago, my cousin uh, in, in Houston wrote me on Facebook and. Uh, she had helped care for my grandmother in her final days. And my grandmother passed uh, nine, nine years ago this month. And she's like, you know what? We still have a bunch of Gram stuff. You know, I don't know how much thing, how many things you have from her and, and grandpa. And I'm like, I only have one vase, one small vase, and that's it. And they helped raise me. I lived with them for several years when I was a child. I was very close to them. And she's like, well, we have do you remember their old bluebird dishes that was like china with the bluebirds on it. it was very very old i think it was like from my great-grandparents or something like that and i'm like yeah of course i remember them and she's like well we have a couple of pieces it's funny that you mentioned about your mother saying about everybody just wants one or two pieces to complete their collection she said i have a couple of pieces if you would like those and my uh, grandpa's watch and a couple of other small things. And I said, absolutely. I'm like, I would love, it's not, I'm not completing any collections or anything like that, but it's just, it's a piece of my grandparents. It's a piece of when I was a child in the 60s of e- remembering eating off of those dishes and all that. And, and that's something you can't buy in Walmart. You can't buy in Target. Um, you just can't. Exactly. And, uh, and I told her, I said, you know what? You'd find out, talk, talk to me, you know, find out the shipping cost. I'll pay for the shipping, you know, wrap it all up nice, you know, so it won't get broke. You know, that's funny that we're having that, this conversation now because then I went, I, I, I was going to bed a little while later and I started thinking back all those many years ago using – you know, using uh, those dishes and all that stuff. And it's like how nice it would be just to, even if I only brought it out of my cupboard once in a while, yeah, yeah. Not, not to use on a daily basis at all, because I'd be afraid of breaking them, but just to have that again. And I think that that's, um, I think that's one of the really cool things about passing down generational like that, because it, it can, it can bring you back to that wonderful moment, that one time, you know, when when my grandmother made me pancakes for breakfast or something on those plates. And it's just it's a really it's a really you know neat thing.
0: You know, it's interesting. Yeah, because the fact is, now that I think of it, we also have um, my mother's sister when she was alive, uh, gave us a corningware set of um, whatever that is, um, you know, stuff that goes in the oven and I unfortunately I broke the larger one but that's neither here nor there the point is that whenever that stuff gets brought out and that's actually not that personal it's you know it's cornyware so right but it's pretty good stuff actually and the point is that whenever that comes out I think of her and it's something that um, you know just to maybe seal up this topic a little bit I think that what you just said is important which is that when you hand down when you've got handed down stuff from your folks or or even any other extended family, it's really interesting because it's a um, God, I'm trying to think of how you would describe this compared to all of our throwaway economy and throwaway con- consumerism that we do where uh, like a microwave is a microwave, and you really probably wouldn't get all that emotional even if it, your mother's microwave because it's just so Impersonal. Right. It's just a device. And uh, frankly, right. they rarely last long enough that you would care. But these inanimate objects like plates, uh, silver. My wife has a a, a, a box of, of I don't know fish knives or something that she had fixed because they were so old they were messed up. And, you know, when you bring that stuff out, though, it's huge. And in the this day and age where we're sitting there looking at our smartphones and all that shit, I mean... This is of no meaning. It really isn't. You're looking at your phone going, you know what, I like this phone, but it could use a little more memory, and plus the, the uh, Bluetooth isn't low power like the new. I'm going to go trade this in on a new, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, by the way, let me finish with one thought. It's, it's negative, I'm afraid, but this company that, or whatever it is, that put out this advertisement that if you destroy your phone, you can get a new one, uh, I don't know if you saw this promo. Oh, my God.
1: I'm getting that phone. It's very. <laughs> yeah, cool. one
0: plus one. It's very. Cool. Is that what it is? Well, the phone is great. But I mean, the I, one plus the, one. the promo yeah. is extremely irritating. I find that really. to be a very, very wrong message to pass to certainly the young people.
1: They actually, they, they caught a lot of hell for that message.
0: Oh, well, they're catching it from me. I
1: think that sucks. Honestly. The company, the company it's a new Chinese company. Just buy it <laughs> if you need it. The phone know? is one, one plus one. Yeah, one. I know out.
0: it's a great, probably a great phone. Okay. But go ahead and buy it, but don't destroy your other f- – that is just so wrong in so many levels, you know?
1: Well, you know, I, I don't think – I don't – you know, I can't speak to the cultural aspects in China, so I'm not even going to pretend to go there, but – but my guess is that they misinterpreted how that was going to play ah, yeah. in, in Western societies where because what they were doing was they were going to be giving 100 of those phones right. to the most creative ways of destroying their own phones. Right. But they specified it had to be an iPhone 5 and a couple of other models. Like my model, then my Nexus 4 didn't even qualify. Oh, I'm glad to hear um, that, Jim, because that way you and uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to be and, and was, You know,
1: as much as... I mean, the, the specs look great, and I definitely yeah. wanted the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. But I, 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 I was very, I was very offended by that message too, because like, if you go in and you can feel however you want about Whole Foods and some of those places like that, but like in Whole Foods, the ones around my house, anyways, when you're leaving, they they have this like special barrel, and you can take your used phones. That you know, you wipe them clean, mm-hmm. and you can take them and, and donate them. They go to women in crisis. Yeah, great. they go to women they are in crisis. So, they, so they donate their their phones to women that are you know that are in need and so forth. Uh, that are in domestic situations. They probably. Those are the this this company
0: are, this Chinese company probably got the idea. From these blender videos that people do, yes, exactly, which is all equally stupid. But I'm not young, so I guess I don't get that, you know. But the
1: point well, is, I, uh, that's
0: lame and stupid. But hey, if you need that to get views, fine.
1: Yeah, between that and the invite system, I wasn't too impressed. But to me, it's like, don't do it. Then you know what? Just buy the phone. Buy the phone. Do you really need the free phone that badly that you know that you like? Last year, my last thing on it is last year for my niece's tenth birthday, I had my first Chromebook. And I had my uh, iPhone 4 that I was no longer using. I gave them both to her for her Mm -hmm. birthday because she uses Chromebooks in school now. So she already knows the environment. And now she had the iPhone 4 that she could – play her games on, listen to music and so forth. And that's a nice you phone. Know, I have you know one. What? yeah. And you know what? She was grateful. She was yeah. actually very happy. She didn't thumb her nose at the fact that she got a used laptop and a used phone for her birthday. Yeah. She was excited and she still loves them both now. That's great. And and you know, to me, I don't know. I, I prefer that method. If I can, if I if I have to sell something, I'll sell it. But I'd prefer Again, the whole barter thing or the handing down thing. And, you know, people, I know we're finishing up here, but everybody can do it in some shape or form. You, you know, you can. You can find some way. It can be creative, like donating that $300 piece of crap car to the Kidney Foundation. Yeah, or, that's fantastic. Or you know, something, you know, or, or donating your old cell phone to a women's crisis center. Things like that. You can make a difference that way.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic and it's a positive. It's a positive note that we can end on. Absolutely.
1: So I guess I should
0: say that you've been listening to the Leave the Bottle podcast. This is Randy. And I'm Jim. And we will see you next time. And we will
1: see you again. Yes, next time. uh, Same
0: channel, same bat channel. Right. And this has been number 21. So onward and upwards.